special going to preach for you this morning. I've been on my feet all week, and uh, it will help me if I can sit for a little bit. So uh, I'd like for you, though, to stand up, and let's give thanks to God to our favorite other preacher here, and that's Pastor Matthew Farmer. Amen? Give him a big hand this morning. So good to see everyone. While you're standing, pray with me if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for how good you are, Father. You're a good God. You're a merciful, kind, loving God. And we just thank you for all that you do, Father. We thank you for your anointing and your spirit flowing in this place, flowing through me, out of me, and resting and flowing through uh, the congregation that they're, they're uh, able to receive us today. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Please sit down. So good to see everybody. I was, uh, I had some things on my heart, and I want to share it with you, and um, I'm going to try to go through some things pretty fast. In, um, in James chapter 2, verse number 14 through 18, and this is in the New Century Version. James 2, 14 through 18. If people say they have faith, but do nothing, their faith is worth nothing. Can faith like that save them? A brother or sister in Christ might need clothes or food. If they say to that person, God be with you, I, I hope you stay warm and get plenty of rest, but you do not give them what the person needs. Your words are worth nothing. In the same way, faith by itself that does nothing is dead. That's a memorable phrase, isn't it? Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Uh, it's possible that, that when we do things and, and, and we say that we believe or we say that I, I, I believe but we don't do anything about it, our faith may be worth nothing there. Because real faith is going to be accompanied by things that you do. In verse number 18 it says, Someone might say, you have faith, but I have deeds. Show me your faith without doing anything, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe there is one God, good, but the demons believe that too, and they tremble with fear. We need to go beyond the faith, the same faith that the demons have. We need to go beyond that, don't we? We're called to do a little bit more. Because the demons believe that God exists and that he's one true God, but they're not going to do anything beyond that. They're not going to do anything in response to submitting to him, following him, or obeying him. And verse number 20 says, You foolish person, must you be shown that faith that does nothing is worth nothing. We must, be go, we must go beyond saying, I believe, if we're going to get results. Just saying, I believe, isn't enough. It sounds good. I'm believing with you, brother. I'm believing with you, Wesley. I'm believing with you. I believe this. I believe that. But there's more people talking about believing than those that are getting results. And that's not God's fault. Have you ever met someone that's mad at God because they, hadn't, they didn't get what they were praying for? I, I, I worked with two people. They both went to Ramah. Bible uh, Training Center, when I went there, it was, uh, they both went there, they both were faith people, and they believed for things, it didn't come to pass in their life, and the time that they set for God to do it in, and they got mad at him. That's not us, is it? <laughs> there are more people talking about believing, it's not God's fault, it, it's a prideful thing when we believe that it's his fault, it's a prideful thing. Maybe we missed it somewhere because God doesn't lie and real faith works. Amen? Amen. Sometimes when we get and when we're believing for something and we're getting frustrated because it hasn't happened in five minutes, ten minutes. Maybe it hasn't happened in a week. Maybe it hasn't happened in a year. Maybe it hasn't happened in five years. Have you ever been believing for something longer than a year, two years, three? It, we can get frustrated, right? When we get fresh, frustrated, we, we say things we shouldn't say. We, we, like Pastor James was giving that wonderful example of barking at his wife, you know, uh, when you get frustrated. I was just joking, Pastor James. Um, 
when we get frustrated, we can bark at people and we get mad at people. We, we can get frustrated, but frustration isn't faith. Walking by sight and feelings isn't faith. When are you, you know you're at faith about something because you're at peace about it. You're at rest about it. You may be, he, you may be led to do something and you're in faith about it and you're working, you're sweating, you know, things are going on, but you know that you know God told you to do it and you're doing it and it's getting it done. God will never let us down. Amen? In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, in the Amplified, it says, Do not therefore fling away your fearless confidence, for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance. The passion there says the strength of endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. I was, um, I was, well, Melissa was singing that last song. I'm going to go back to the, the last, is that the bridge? Is that what that's called? The bridge, we set our hope on you. I was thinking about that word while she was singing, and I kept, I kept substituting the word hope for expectation. And we set our expectation on him. We set our expectation on his love. We set our expectation on the one who is the everlasting God. Ex hope is expecting it to happen, expecting it to take place. That's what we need. I'm expecting God to work in my life. I'm expecting him to do it. That's not a prideful thing. That's not an arrogant thing to say I'm expecting him because he wants us to recall his word, speak his word, and act on his word. He wants that from us. Amen? <clears throat> Don't fling away your fearless confidence. Some people fling it away as soon as the, the rubber meets the road. <laughs> you know, the, uh, as soon as it starts getting uh, hard. Your steadfast patience and endurance. It, it, patience here is not what we think of, I'm being patient with Wesley because he annoys, he's annoying me. That's not what we're talking about here. Wesley, you don't annoy me. I love you with all my heart. You're the best, this is. <laughs> Patience is not passive waiting. Patience is keeping on, keeping on. Patience is that steadfast endurance, expecting it to happen. Not that I'm biding my time until I might see it happen someday. Someday God's going to bless me. No, I'm expecting him to bless me, and I'm patiently waiting him, on him to do that. I'm not getting out of my faith while, while I'm waiting on him. Amen? We're not sitting back doing nothing. We receive the promise. We receive the promise after we've done the will of God. And you do the will of God before you receive the promise, as the scripture is saying here, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will and thus carry away and enjoy the full what is promised. Amen? Amen. We know that in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 6, it says, But without faith it is impossible to please and be satisfactory to him. We want to we pr please the Lord, don't we? We want to do what he said. That's why we, 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 when he asks us to do something, we're going to snap to it. Amen? Faith is not passively waiting, just saying I believe, and making occasional good confessions. It's a way of life. It's a walk. It's a spirit about you. Have you ever met someone and their face is just dragging the ground all day and you just don't want to talk to them because you just know they're going to tell you oh, there are 10,000 problems and um, uh, sometimes you avoid them. I, um, this has nothing to do with anything about this. It just hit me and I'm going to say it because it was funny to me. But uh, when I used to live in Cleveland at the church I worked at, um, there was a gentleman next door who didn't have any legs. They had got him amputated, and so he's in a wheelchair. And every time I was outside, he would always find me and ask me to do something or 
tell me all of his problems and all of his things. So I got to the point where I'd be looking out the window to see if he's out there because I wasn't sure if I wanted to go out there. And so <clears throat> it hit me. I, I should write a book called um, um, Here Comes the Man with No Legs, How to Walk in Love. <clears throat> That'd be a bestseller, you know? <clears throat> anyway... Uh, You're just getting it right. Here comes how to walk in love. <clears throat> I lost my place here. <laughs> how, if we're just, if someone's saying, I'm just waiting on the Lord to save me, I'm just waiting on Him to save me, for me to be saved, how long would they be waiting to be saved? Forever. And it's the same with the other things that God's already promised to us. When we were saved, we spoke it, we acted upon it, we received it, it was ours. And the same with all the other things. It's not just a matter of saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. We're expecting God to take place and work in our life. The enemy wants us to be trapped in a cycle of thinking that we're just waiting on the Lord and that everything that happens is the will of God. He wants us to think that uh, it's, it, you just wait there, you be patient. But sometimes we do have to wait and be patient and um, not overstep what we're supposed to do. But when we're expecting and believing in faith, the word says that we need to act upon it. He gave us the will and he is waiting on us to move and to act. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Remember in... John chapter 2, verse number 5, <clears throat> Mary said to the, the servants there, she said, whatever Jesus says to you, do it. And that's the same attitude we should have. Whatever the Lord says to us, what are we waiting on? You remember when he went to the disciples and he said, hey, be my disciples, and they said, um, some of them said, well, I need to go do this, I need to do that. And some of them said, yes, sir, right away, sir, and they followed them and left everything. Which one are we going to be? Many of you, many of us, many of me, are going to be in faith when it happens. Oh, it happened, praise God, thank you, God, you're a good God. But when it's not happening, you're like, when's it going to happen? Oh, God, did you, did you see that? But when are you, when are you going to faith? When you when you going to be in faith? When you see it? When are you going to be in faith about it? When you're at peace? When you're at rest about it? You're in faith about it. Amen. You can discern the spirit of faith by the use of one word, either can or cannot. I know cannot not is two words there, but can't. I can't do it. Thank you. Can I can do it? I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. I can do what he's called me to do or can't. There's no way, there's no how, there's I don't know how, I can't. There's no, I mean, you can substitute all the different negative words there for can't. But Brother Hagin said, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. The spirit of, the spirit of faith is going around saying, I can do all the things he's called me to do. I can accomplish this. We are moving on up out of this thing. Amen? Amen? How many people have heard this before? Oh, good. I thought other people would raise their hand. <laughs> and I was going to make a joke there. <laughs> so it fell flat. So. <clears throat> all right, so I'm going to say that again and you all raise your hand, okay? How many of you all have heard this before? Good, you're the ones that need to hear this again. All right. <clears throat> I've shared this before on Wednesdays, and um, this lady in, in Russia, several years ago, she was 128, according to her documents there. Um, she's passed on now, but she lived so long. Of, this is what it said, and if you Google her, you can just Google 128-year-old Russian, and this will pop up. But um, she, This is what it said on one of the news articles I found on about this, looking this up. She said, um, 
I have not had a single happy day in my life, she says. Have always worked hard, digging in the garden. I am tired. Long life is not at all God's gift for me, but a punishment. Looking back on my unhappy life, I wish I had died when I was young. <laughs> That's pretty sad, isn't it? Anybody have friends that talk this way? <laughs> Get frustrated this way? Um, we don't need to have that attitude that life is a punishment to me because God has called us to do so many good things and to be a blessing to so many people, but our life is to be an example to them to show them how good God is. Amen? If you would turn in your Bibles over to 2 Kings chapter 7. 2 Kings chapter 7. And we're going to see here that... <clears throat> In, in 2 Kings chapter 6, we see here that because there was a famine going on in the land, many people were eating trash. They were selling trash. The word even says they were selling donkey heads for meat, and they were, they were selling doves, dung is what it says in the word for food. Even um, the, the king asked the lady um, what's wrong with her, and she said they were going to go home and eat her child. And it was just a bad time. They were eating garbage. There was a famine in the land. That's not a good time, is it? In 2 Kings, Kings chapter 7, verse number 3, it says, Now there were four men who were lepers were at the entrance of the city gate, and they said to one another, Why do we sit here until we die? Because they're sitting at this gate, because they're not allowed to go in because they have this skin condition. The new living on the word lepers, it says, or a contagious skin disease. The Hebrew word here and throughout this passage can describe various diseases, is what it said about the word lepers there. But they were sitting there saying, why are we sitting here? They were, they were separated. They were, they were already separated from their family because they had this disease. They could only hang out with each other, and that wasn't much fun sometimes. And so, and so they're sitting at the gate of this place that's just dying on the inside, and they're saying, why, why are we just sitting here until we die? We, there's some people who have that attitude today. Why are we just sitting here until we die? Many people do the same thing over and over and over that hasn't worked for 200 years, and they're still waiting on God. They just keep saying, I just believe one of these days it's up to Him if it's His will. And they keep doing the same thing over and over, but they're not waiting on him any more than the lost person's waiting on Jesus to save them. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. And so they said in verse number 4, if we say we'll enter the city, then famine is in the city and we'll die there. And plus they're lepers, they're not allowed to go into the city. And if we sit here, we'll die. There's no food at the gate. There's nothing going on there. There's, no, uh, there's a, a siege on the city. There's not allowed to go in or out of it anyways. We'll die here. So now, come, let's go over to the army of the Syrians. And if they spare us alive, we shall live. If they kill us, we shall but die. What, well, if we go into the city, we're going to die. If we sit here, we're going to die. If we go to them... Things could happen, but we could die. And if they kill us, we're dead anyways, was their attitude about it. We don't need to be frozen with fear about things going in on our life. Because that's where the devil wants us to be, frozen with fear, not moving, not getting up from the place that we're at. If they were just frozen at the gate with their symptoms of disease and the symptoms of lack and the gloom and doom of death, they would have sat there and died. But we need to be willing to do something. We need to be free from death. Fear, excuse me, free from the fear of death. The fear of whatever issues going on. Because that's where the devil wants us to be. Because when we're in fear, we're getting our eyes off the word and our eyes on the issue. We're making the issue bigger than the word and bigger than God. You might say, I'm scared of this 
certain thing going on. I'm scared of having this disease. I'm scared of having this. This is my disease. My and you're making that issue, that problem, bigger than God. We need to be free from those fear of death and the fear uh, uh, from, from the symptoms. And even though they were going to start heading toward the enemy's camp, they got up and they, just, they didn't die just sitting there. They got up doing something. They got moving. Faith that does nothing is worth nothing. Faith that is alive is a faith that moves. If, you get, if you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, let's just say this. If you're driving through the roughest part of town, what do you do? You keep on driving, don't you? <laughs> you just keep on going. If you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, you, you keep on moving through there. You're getting out of this thing. Amen? I had a friend when we live in Oklahoma, a good friend, um, and when he lived in the apartment near us across the street, and, um, <clears throat> and one day the power went off in our subdivision, but down the block you could see there was power. Well, down the block there was Arby's, and Arby's, Arby's was Devontae's favorite place to go, and so I went over to his apartment, and he's mad, sitting in the corner, just frustrated because the power's out. Because he wanted to watch his TV and watch his shows. And this was our night off of work. We worked together. And um, he was just mad, sitting in the corner. And I said, well, let's go get um, some Arby's. And I'll, I'll treat you to Arby's. And he's like, no. He was just so frustrated and mad. He's just going to sit there and cry in the corner. <laughs> have anyone ever just sat in the corner and cried? Don't raise your hand. Um, I have. Um, okay. Why bother do anything? Why, why get up? Why, why even go to the enemy's camp? Why, why, why don't we just sit here and be miserable about it? We know that that's utter faithlessness. And no matter who you are or where you are, even though the most harsh and dead and hopeless conditions, when you look up, and you believe his words and put his words the action, he's going to change and, and power is going to take place in your life. Amen? It says in Psalms 113, verses 7, it says, and 8, it says, He takes people from the garbage heap and sits them with princes. Because faith says no. Faith says no, I'm not going to sit here in this issue. Faith says no, I'm going to get up and things are going to change. There is an answer. I can make it. I can get out of here. I can get to the next point. I don't have to die and perish with this. Well, you say, well, they said there's no cure for this. Well, it's chronic. It's, it's um, whatever it is. Someone One time a doctor said I had a chronic something and something. I can't even remember the terms, you know, those big long medical terms. Um, chronic something, something where chronic means it's there. Well, they said it's chronic. They said there's no cure. That, well, that doesn't mean it can't be fixed. All things are possible to those who believe. I, I recall on Wednesday I gave the example of Pastor Mark um, when he was diagnosed with, um, with a cancer, a lymphoma. He had a tumor in his chest. Well, when you go through, I gave the example of him sitting in the waiting room um, the devil was playing with fears in his mind, saying, hey, there's babies coming in the world because he's looking at the nursery, and there's babies coming in the world, and you're going out of the world, is what the devil was telling him. Well, you know, later on through cancer treatment, you go through chemotherapy and radiation, and, and those things can be hard on your body, even more, is this word, harder than the, than the cancer. Well, they were in their, their faith, where they were standing at, for this cancer to be gone was, we're going to believe for all of the good of the treatment and none of the bad of the treatment. So their faith was God's healing us and using the doctors and using this medical uh, treatment and we're coming out of this thing. And that's where they were at about it. You have to believe where your faith level is at and that's where theirs was at. And so guess what happened during the cancer treatment? None of the chemo, none of the radiation affected him, and, and, and they had all of the good and none of the bad. You might say, well, that's not true. Things happen. The, the things that happened because of treatment was like a pick line got blocked or the, the medication or something was needed to be adjusted. But they, 
he's cancer-free today, praise God, but all of the good and none of the bad, we should be expecting it to change, expecting it to happen. Real faith, real living faith, you're going to rise up and do something. And in, in that case, rising up and doing something with saying it and speaking it and believing it. In their case that we're talking about here in verse number 5, so they arose in twilight and went to the Syrian camp. And when they got to the edge of the camp, no one was there. For the Lord had made the Syrian army hear of no a noise of chariots and horses and the noise of a great army. They said to one another, The king of Israel has hired the Hittite and the Egyptian kings to come upon us. So the Syrians arose and fled in twilight and left their tents and horses and donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. And it was just four sick guys hobbling down the road. Arms and legs falling off as they're walking. They're, they're... And the whole army gets up and gets out of town hearing an army coming toward them. More than one army, many armies coming after them. And it was just four sick guys. And when verse number 8, And when these lepers came to the edge of the camp, they went into one tent and ate and drank, and they carried away silver and gold and clothing, and they went and hid them in the darkness. Then they entered another tent and carried from there also and went and hid it. They go in the first tent, and there's turkey there. There's dressing there. There's carrots and mashed potatoes, buckets of gravy and cranberry sauce, and a chocolate pie there. Ice cold Dr. Peppers with real sugar in it, and, and sweet tea and lemon. And you like, these are the things I, I, I want, you know. Um, <clears throat> And so they eat all they can there. They go to the next tent, and there's Rolexes there, and there's rings and necklaces. And, and, and so they come out of there with new coats on, alligator shoes and Rolexes, and, and, they, and, and, and they're, they're, they, um, they put gloves on their hand, and they pick their hand up off the floor. And, um, <clears throat> and there's people starving. <laughs> that was stupid. <laughs> There was people starving in the death in the city just next to there, and here these guys are eating like kings. All they can with all the things they needed. They had a miracle, didn't they? The miracle happened. When did the miracle happen? When they got up and started moving. And when they got up and started moving, that's when God started moving. When they got up and started moving, God started moving. What if they had just stayed at the gate? Sitting there saying, we're believing. We're believing this is going to change. I'm believing God's going to bless me. I'm believing, uh, I'm believing more than anyone. I have 15 CDs on believing. I have uh, went to 15 seminars on believing. And <clears throat> look at all the notes in my, <clears throat> my journal about it. It chokes me up thinking about it. <clears throat> And they're saying, I believe God can do anything that as long as you sit there and your faith isn't acting, you're, it's, you're just, that's what you're going to get. We need to be acting on our faith. I believe something's going to happen. God is going to meet our needs. If he told you to get up and move, Nothing is going to happen no matter how much you say you believe until you get up and move because your faith can be in what he told you to do. When he told Moses to take the children of Israel out of Egypt and go to the, the, the Red Sea, where, was, where could Moses believe where his faith was at? That God told him to get there, he was going to be provided all the way there. When God told him to cross the Red Sea, where was his faith at? He could, rock, he could cross the Red Sea. God told him he could do that. He's going to pass on through that. When the Egyptian uh, Pharaoh, where was his faith at? God had told him, let my people go. And that's where his faith could have been at. But no, he got mad on the inside. He got frustrated on the inside. And he wasn't going to let the people go. And he chased after them. And, and drowned. He had his army all drowned about it. But where's our faith at about it? Our faith is going to be where God told us to do it. What God told us to do, and that's where we can have our faith at. Amen? Amen. 
until you get up and move and do something. In verse number 6, back on verse number 6, he said, For the Lord had made the Syrian army hear a, a noise of chariots and horses and the noise of a great army. So all this time, even uh, 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 the prophet had um, said about this situation that... Um, um, I forgot the quote, excuse me, where it said so much pound of flour is going to sell for so much. I forgot the numbers there. But he was prophesying at the end of all this, food is going to be worth nothing. And at this time, dove's dung was worth money. And he's saying at the end of this, food is going to be so plentiful you won't have to worry about it. And so, so why hadn't God worked by then? Why hadn't God done anything at that point? He could have done something about it months ago, but God is using these men because their faith is putting their feet to action. Their faith is doing something about it. Everyone else was in fear to move, and he can use these men because of their faith. Walking to the enemy's camp, knowing they could die, Knowing those guys, that army's probably want to practice their spear throwing, and here comes four guys they can easily um, practice their spear throwing at. But no, God used their situation, amen? Because they're walking in faith towards the enemy. God is getting involved. God is amplifying what they're doing. Do you reckon that our enemy can get to be moving when we step out in faith? It says in James 4, 7, resist the devil and he will flee. The voice says he will run away in failure. Why? Because when you start moving in faith, someone else starts moving. God starts moving. When you start moving in faith and you resist the devil, he starts moving the opposite way. He will flee. He will flee from failure. He will run away in terror. So why just sit here and die? Get up, move it, get, give God something he can use. Have you ever tried to push a parked car and with the emergency brake on and the engine off? You ever try to push a parked car down the road? It's hard to do. <laughs> it's hard to push a car sometimes with it in gear. And One time I was helping a guy, he was stuck on, when you get into Oakland, um, he was stuck right in the big heavy traffic area, and I tried to help him push his car, and it moved. You know, when he turns the wheel, the, the car moves. We've got to give something God for God to work with. When we're getting up and moving, we're giving him something to work with. Why didn't God just do it when he wanted to? Because he wants to use you. He wants you to act on his word. He wants you to recall what he said. The enemy heard the noise at the same time these four lepers got up and they moved because God uses faith. The people who got healed in Jesus' ministry put their faith to action. When he spoke, they acted upon it. When he said, stretch out your hand, and they did, they were healed. When he said, press, well, when the lady said, when I pressed through the crowd and touched her garment, and when she did, she was healed. When he, when he said, rise, pick up your bed and walk, and they stood up, they were healed. They did something, and God did something. Not just anything, when they did what he told them to do. The moment they acted, your, well, the moment they acted, their faith changed things. Your faith healed you is what Jesus said. Why did it happen then? Because that's when they did it. Why did, it, why did, why did you get um, born again when you did? Because that's when you chose to accept him as your Lord and Savior. Because that's when you moved. When you moved, he moved. Amen? Over in Luke chapter 17, we can see another story. Uh, uh, Luke chapter 17, verse number 11, now it happened as when he went into Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of the Samarian and Galilee, of Samaria and Galilee, and then he entered a certain village and met him ten men who were lepers who stood afar off, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
and they got healed, the end. Let's go to the next scripture. Is that how it goes? No one stopped me there. That's not how, what happened, is it? Jesus, have mercy on us. Pleading with the Lord isn't faith. Begging isn't faith. Hebrews 11, 6 says, It is impossible to please God without faith. Faith pleases Him. They were all thinking all they needed to do was beg and plead and praise. Have you ever did that? Please, God, please. I have prayed for a time machine before, so I could go back in time and fix the stupid thing I did. Anyone? Am I the only one who's ever done that? Am I really the only one who's ever prayed for a time machine? No, we all have. Okay. You just didn't want to raise your hand. Pleading isn't faith. They're all thinking all they need to do is plead, and they can go year after year pleading and begging, pleading and begging. So they asked, when they asked, Jesus spoke to them, and he said in verse number 14, when he saw them, he said, Go, show yourself to the priest. Well, when Jesus told them to go, the enemy probably gave them 40 reasons why they shouldn't do it. And why, um, why, why would they go to the priest? The priest has told them they're the ones who needed to be separated anyways. Who would want to go to these priests? They're probably not very happy with these men. And also, according to the law, you should only go to the priest when your symptoms are already gone. And here they're going to go to the priest full of the skin issue. But did you hear that? You should only go to the priest when your symptoms are already healed. And Jesus is saying, go, show yourself to the priest. So these men had a choice. Sit here and die in this situation or obey the Lord. Guess what they did? They got up and obeyed the Lord. Faith caused those things that do not exist as though they were. Faith doesn't walk by sight or feeling. Faith will do what the Lord said to do, even if you don't have a clue why, you're still going to do it. So when they saw him, they said to him, go show yourself to the priest. And so it was that they went, they were cleansed. When were they cleansed? As they went. When, God, when, when did God decide to heal them? Is that when they got cleansed? No. When did it happen? As you said, as they went. This is an incurable, terminal, ugly disease that they have. And while they're walking, blood started flowing back into parts of their body. Body parts started being formed and, and skin started to grow back that wasn't there. Notice what it says in the Young's Living Translation. In their going, they were cleansed. When they got up to move by faith, because the Lord told them to do it, they were cleansed. In their going, in their action, what if they just kept begging Jesus, please, 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 if you say a hundred times to Jesus, please, 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 do you think he's going to say, okay, um, whatever you said, we're just going to change the word. You know, scribes change the word. Um, no. One of the, my favorite uh, quotes from TV on the Mythbusters, Adam would say, I reject your reality and substitute my own. <laughs> we're, they weren't going to reject their reality and substitute their own. They were going to take what the Lord said Instead of, I reject your reality and substitute my own, they're going to say, I reject my reality and I substitute God's word for it. I'm going to substitute what he said about it. A lot of people are saying, I believe, I believe, I believe. But they're just waiting on the Lord. They're waiting on him. I want to quickly read out of Brother Hagin's book, I Believe in Visions. I read this. Um, on one Wednesday, but I just want to skim through parts of it here. He had a vision where he was talking to Jesus. 
And he said, while Jesus was talking to me, an evil spirit that looked like a monkey ran between me and Jesus and spread out something that looked like a black cloud or a smoke screen. I couldn't see Jesus anymore. Then a demon began jumping up and down, waving his arms and legs and yelling in a shrill voice, yakety yak, yakety yak. I paused for a moment. I could hear the voice of Jesus as he continued to talk to me, but I could not understand the words. I thought to myself, doesn't the Lord know I'm missing what he is saying? I need to get that. This is important, but I'm missing it. I wondered why Jesus didn't command the evil spirit to stop. I waited for a few moments. Jesus continued talking as if he didn't know the evil spirit was present. I wondered why the Lord didn't cast him out, but he didn't. Finally, you know, he could have been saying, please, Jesus, please do something about it. Please, why don't you just say, that's what he's thinking in his head. Why doesn't Jesus do something about this? Doesn't the Lord know I'm missing what he is saying? I need to get this. This is important, but I'm missing it. I wonder why Jesus didn't command the evil spirit to stop. I waited for a few more moments. Jesus continued talking. He didn't even know the evil spirit was present. I wondered why the Lord didn't cast him out, but he didn't. Finally, in desperation, I pointed my finger at the evil spirit and said, I command you to be quiet in the name of Jesus. He stopped immediately and fell on the floor. The black smoke screen disappeared, and I could see Jesus once again. The spirit lay on the floor whimpering and whining like a whipped pup, and I said, not only must you be quiet, but get up and get out of here. He got up and he ran away. I was still wondering why Jesus had not stopped this evil spirit from interfering. And of course, Jesus knew what I was thinking. He said, if you hadn't done something about that, I couldn't have. Lord, I know I misunderstood you. You said you couldn't do anything about it, but you really mean you wouldn't. No, he said, if you hadn't done something about that spirit, I couldn't have. The Lord pointed out there's not a single place in the New Testament where the believers are ever told to pray against the devil and I will do something about it, about him. There's not one instance in any of the epistles written to the churches that he said to the tell that said to tell God to rebuke the devil or do something about the devil. If they do, they're wasting their time. God has done all he's going to do about the devil. Every writer of the New Testament and then writing to the church always told the believers to do something about the devil. The believer has the authority over the devil or the Bible wouldn't tell him to do something about the devil. Jesus, the Lord, is waiting on us to do something about it because he has paid the price for us already. I get to thinking about this and I get to thinking, well, how do I apply this to my life? I was thinking about this this morning. I'm going to tell the people, get up, get to moving, put your faith to action. And how am I going to apply that to my life? You know, it's good for me to get up here and say it. I, I sound, it sounds good. You know, I look good. You know, um, I'm just trying to be funny. But how, how am I going to apply that to my life? Because there's things I'm believing for. There's things I'm resisting. And, I, and it came to me. We need to get vocal. Getting vocal by resisting the devil. Telling him to get out of here. Getting vocal by claiming what the word says about in my situation what he said about the things that I'm standing and believing for, and then also to get less vocal. There's sometimes you need to keep your mouth shut and stop claiming all the disease and issues and things going on in your life and magnifying them bigger than the Lord. And I have done that recently. I said it to my wife just 45 minutes ago. I said something, and it's like, no, that's not true. I, 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 don't, I don't believe that. I won't tell you what it was. <clears throat> but we need to get vocal, and we need to get less vocal. I need to get vocal in my life, and this is putting my faith to action. This is getting up. This is doing something about it. Amen? We need to overcome fear. 
We need to overcome pride. We need to overcome the questions. We need to get up and march toward the camp. We need to get up and do what he's told us to do. To get up and do what he told us to do. If he told you that you have it, it's yours. If he told you that you can be well, and he has, it's yours. And you will experience the manifestation of his power every time when we put our faith to action about this. Amen? God has not changed. He has not stopped. When he, he will move when our faith is moving. Amen? I felt led. We're talking about skin diseases today. If you have a skin disorder, a skin disease... Let's pray over that today. You don't have to tell us what it is, but I'd, uh, if you don't ever need to Google the word skin diseases and look at pictures, but um, acne, acne scars, athlete's foot, bed bugs, birthmarks, boils, styes. There's some words I can't pronounce here. Um, chicken pox, cold sores, cattle crap, dandruff, diaper rash, dry skin, eczema, uh, Hair loss, uh, cold sores, um, warts and herpes and head lice and herpes simplex hives. and um, <clears throat> There's a lot of words here I can't pronounce. Um, leprosy, lupus, Lyme disease, melanoma, uh, moles, monkey pox, nail fungus, um, rosacea. Um, poison ivy, psoriasis, rashes, ringworm, scabies, scats, scars, shingles, skin cancer, skin tags, stretch marks, syphilis, thyroid disease on your skin, it says, warts, and many, many other words here. If that's you, please come up here. Let's pray together. Amen? Amen. It says in the Word... It says that we are redeemed from the curse of the law. And that curse covers many diseases. And it lists all these diseases out. And it also says all the diseases not listed here, you are redeemed from the curse of the law. Now, your faith, you're putting faith the action right now. And it's not me, it's not my power, but it's his power. And as we pray together, it's His Word, His, His anointing, His power manifesting in your life that is going to change your life right now. And remember, hope is expecting it to happen. Hope is expecting it to change. And so as this point of contact happens, your life, your skin issue, your skin disorder, whatever it may be, you call it out and you curse it in the name of Jesus. Matter of fact, we're going to do that together. Everyone with me say right now, Acne, I curse you in the name of Jesus. Psoriasis, I curse you in the name of Jesus. Eczema, I curse you in the name of Jesus. Chicken pox, I curse you in the name of Jesus. Uh, all the other skin diseases, I curse you in the name of Jesus. Whatever your issue is, curse it right now. In the name of Jesus, I curse you. You are gone. I'm re redeemed for the curse of the law. Right now, healing is flowing through my body. Right now, I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. New skin. New blood cells, new skin cells, new uh, uh, things, uh, nails forming, new uh, uh, body parts forming. Whatever the issue is, it's new, it's whole, it's complete, and it's lacking nothing in my body right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. And this is your point of contact right now. In the name of Jesus, you're well and you're whole. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, from this moment forward, you're whole and healed in Jesus' name. And thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. It's mine right now in Jesus' name. And right now, in the name of Jesus, new and complete, lacking nothing, nothing missing, nothing broken, in the name of Jesus, healed and complete right now in the name of Jesus. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. 
for it. Thank Him for it. Thank Him for it. In the name of Jesus, you're healed and complete, lacking nothing right now. In Jesus' name, you're whole, complete, lacking nothing. Whole and complete, lacking nothing. Healed in the name of Jesus. New, new in the name of Jesus. Healed and complete in Jesus' name. Healed and complete in Jesus' name. This is your time. This is your moment. You're healed right now in the name of Jesus. Healed right now in the name of Jesus. You're healed and complete, lacking nothing in the name of Jesus. Thank Him for it. Thank Him it's done. Thank you, Jesus is done. I have new skin. I have new blood cells. I have new, uh, no dandruff in my body. I have no acne on my body. It's gone right now in the name of Jesus. It's mine, it's mine, and I thank you for it. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, that it's done in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you can have this too. If you're here and you have another issue going on in your body, this is your moment. This is your time. Take it and claim it right now. I take it right now. My issue is healed in the name of Jesus. I am whole and complete in my body. I'm, I have what the Lord has promised me. I have what He's given me, and I thank you, Jesus. I thank you that it's done. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you. I thank you. You paid the price for me. I thank you. I thank you. I'm going to move. I'm I'm going to act like I've never acted before. I'm going to put my faith to action and get up and move. I'm going to get my faith to action and say that you've done it for me and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you've never asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior right now, say, Jesus, you, I take you as my Lord. I ask that you forgive me of all my sins. I thank you for forgiving me. I thank you that you're my Lord. You're my Savior. And I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. And if you prayed that prayer, come, come talk to us. We want to give you something. Amen? Amen. Father, you're a good God. You're a merciful, kind, loving God. And we thank you that your word is true. Your word is true, Lord. We believe it. We're acting upon it. We're doing something about it. And we thank you, Father. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen.